Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, welcome back to Success Made to Last. I'm Rick Tokini. This is our Conversations of Significance series. And after you hear this guy today, you're going to know why. It is Joey Havens, and he's written a book called Leading with Significance, How to Create a Magnetic People-First Culture. The reason why Joey made this show today is because he has moved on from a life of success to helping other people. And uh, he currently serves on the board of the Mustard Seed, a Christian community for adults with developmental disabilities, and Empower Mississippi, past board member of the Horn Friends of Children's Hospital, and the list goes on and on and on. Mr. Havens, it's an honor to get to talk with you today. Well, Rick, it's an honor to be with you, and what a privilege. We need to know the rest of your story, as Paul Harvey used to say. So take us down the Magnolia Lanes of Mississippi and tell us about you. Well, you're going to find out my Magnolia Lanes uh, came to a territory close to you at one point. Uh, I grew up in North Mississippi and uh, fine Christian parents and uh, went to the school. I always loved Old Miss. I'm an Old Miss rebel. And uh, if you follow me on anything, you're going to see a hotty toddy somewhere. And when I got out of school, I went to work for Arthur Anderson and moved to Houston, Texas. And uh, so I spent three years out there and came back, helped a guy start a CPA firm, uh, had an amazing experience. I you know, I was working in the what was the big eight at that time, the big four, the biggest deals going on. And then I was in the startup CPA firm helping mom and pop stores. And I kind of where I grew my love for just helping uh, entrepreneurs be successful. Uh, hooked up with the Horn Group. And as of the first of this year, I completed a 39-year career with Horn and I saw it grow from a small one office Mississippi firm to one of the top 25 in the country. Congratulations. Congratulations. Amazing. 39 years. That you uh man, that that is very unusual. Blessed. Very blessed. Very blessed. Hmm. Unbelievable. In those 39 years, what do you consider to be some of the uh highlights? Well, certainly, I think the the highlights are are what I wrote about in the book, uh, which is about our journey where we we had always been a people kind of first firm, uh, a firm with a core value of honoring God. But in 2011, I was elected as the next managing partner of the firm, 
And Rick, we were we were like a lot of other companies. We were if we had street creds. In other words, people would say, "Hey, Horn's a good place to go to work," but we weren't having exponential growth. We were having problems getting people at times. Um, we we weren't delivering excellence in everything that we did. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, as part of that, uh, I felt like. Um, God gave us a compelling vision to build what we called our culture. We named it the wise firm uh, based on the biblical parable of the wise man and the foolish man. Wise man built his house on the rock. Foolish man built his house on the sand. The storms came, the winds blew, the rain pelted down, the water flowed, washed the foolish man's house away. And we had been a foolish firm in many ways Uh, built on the foundation of self-interest. And we wanted to build a firm that was people first, people before profits, built on the foundation of we in service. And that started in 2011 and is that vision and God's blessing is what led to exponential growth, incredible profitability, uh, just a journey that uh, is hard to even, I have to pinch myself. Are you hearing this, folks? It's about where you put your priorities. That is so well stated, and I'm sure that there's a thousand stories inside those 39 years, but let's kind of get down to the heart of the matter. People that listen to this show need tips on how you turn the corner on doing that, and that wasn't an easy process, I'm certain, because you had a (laughs) <laughs> you had a, the the lives of all these people and you had to lead them to the promised land so to speak and and uh, in Stephen Covey language Stephen if he were here he would say Rick you had to have a paradigm shift so this this is a definite by definition a paradigm shift how did you do it well um again and I'll I'll get off my faith in just a second but I give all credit to God. Uh, I mean, his plans was much bigger than anything that that we had. And we had a we had a group of partners and owners of the business that really wanted to be better. We really wanted to be people first and we wanted to honor God with our service. So I had a lot of things working uh, in our favor uh, as we kicked off. But there's probably two things. Everybody's journey is going to be unique, but there's two things that I find people struggle the most with. The first is that in your good culture, because it's just like a parent, if you ask anybody if they're a good parent, they say yes. But we all scar our children in different ways, and they have to grow through that. Same thing with culture. If I ask you what's your business culture, you're going to say, and I've asked over a thousands. Uh, of people, by the way, and 85% of them rate their culture good or great or magnetic. I mean, it's part of our identity. And so that's a big barrier because it is part of your identity. But every good culture has something that stinks. Every good culture has something where people are not getting the same experience. So number one is Do you have enough courage to dig deep enough to understand how you can be better? 
And the second one is really dealing with leadership is can you be vulnerable enough to trust people first? You don't grow trust. You don't necessarily earn trust. You can be trustworthy. But people, the people on your team take personal risk when they say, I'm going to trust Rick. And so the only way that really gets momentum is leaders have to be vulnerable enough to trust their people. People want to do a great job. People want to be part of something bigger than themselves. But you have to trust that process. Mm, You do. And so a couple of key things that you just said that I want to repeat is that um, if your children are like your employees or your colleagues, they have to grow through their own scars, right? Right. So there must have been, uh, forgive me, uh, by the way, Jesus is my personal Lord and Savior, but when I say there was a come to Jesus meeting, it means it's it means it a little bit differently than a um um a tent revival when you when those employees when your colleagues came to Jesus and they started to see this big vision about what the culture was supposed to be i want to know about the resistance and then how you got past that resistance well i think there were um probably two two big advantages one is we were we were in a really bad place within the ownership group. We had low trust. Uh, there was a lot of infighting. Uh, you know, we were trending down more than we were up, even though we were a very high-performing firm when you compare this to other CPA firms, which makes it more difficult. When you're having success, it's hard to even even harder to change. Uh, but we had that distrust going on, so the partners really wanted something better. They really wanted to believe in something. Hmm. Um, But the difficulties is we lost 25% of our ownership group in the first two years because they did not believe that we were on the right path. They did not believe that people before profits was the best way to generate excellence in client service. Before 2011, if you walked into a Horn office, all you heard was client service is why we exist. Client service is number one. We're not here without client service. I go into this in the book, by the way, because it is very important, obviously. Uh, But your people will not deliver great client service until they know you care about them, until you have connected with them and then you can start to deliver real client service. So we had uh, in that 25%, we had one natural retirement. We had two or three really hard decisions where it was be a win-win for them to be somewhere else. And we had three or four that made that decision themselves. Now on the God side of it is in the first 24 months, we lost 25% of our ownership and the firm grew by 20%. Oh my goodness. I couldn't have, you know, 
Well, what that did is those people that were like in the canoe, but they weren't rowing, they started rowing. And so now you really got some momentum going. Because uh, you can bet that the 75% of owners that remain were extremely happy 24 months later. I suspect. Did your customers and or new customers see a different face or hear a different story? You know, I think that became um, more evident three, four years into the journey. Not, not that we didn't have great uh, victories and celebrations, which is something very important. If you're going to really change your culture, catch people doing the right thing and celebrate it. And when you do have great client service, celebrate it. Tell that story and let that story be told throughout your organization. Um, but I would say until we got flexibility, which we saw as our number one challenge, especially for our profession, uh, and again, God was just getting us prepared for 2020. Uh, we were already remote. We were had already converted. Uh, I mean, when the pandemic hit in 2020, we flipped a switch and we had 800 team members remote. Uh, we were that prepared, not even knowing that that's really how that evolved. But flexibility was a, a big deal. Once we got flexibility going, which is a, a huge challenge because it's unique to the individual, it's unique to their role, it's unique to their client they serve, it's unique to the team they serve on which makes it complex and it deals with humans and people make mistakes. We made every mistake in the world. But once we got um, that strong sense of belonging going and people had influence on, it doesn't mean they dictate when they work, where they work and how they work, but they had influence on those three things. It's not just where you work. It's when you work, how you work, where you work. When they had influence on that, and they had that strong sense of belonging. That's when the magnetic energy really started, and our clients started to see a difference. I started get getting phone calls from clients that said, oh, my goodness, I love the Horn team. We've never worked with a company like yours. Yeah. There is, um, folks, I hope you're listening to those key points because – this uh, what Georgia says. It takes time to shift your culture. It takes time and maybe some natural attrition to weed out some of the people that aren't going to believe in it. And then adaptability, uh, because if you work through COVID and you work through a hybrid force that's not going to come to the office anymore, they have adopted their own personal thermostat. And that thermostat, as we've talked about on the show, Joey, is not only temperature, but when you work, where you work, what you accomplished, and don't tell me when to eat dinner because I probably are eating dinner while I'm working on a client's business. So you somehow captured that into this magical, magnetic culture, and I suspect that you were recruiting very collaborative people that had a different mindset already into the, into the new looking company. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's uh, certainly a true statement. I think uh, what began to happen, though, is people people started telling their personal stories like, hey, I had missed a kindergarten graduation or my son's baseball game this year, first year in my career, and I work at Horn. And when they tell that at the ball field, uh, well, it doesn't take long to they your team is recruiting for you and don't even realize it, even though we obviously promote and pay bonuses for that. But just the fact that they are experiencing a culture where they feel like it's people first, they share that and what you call the, the water fountain, uh, whether it's the ballpark or church or wherever. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. It starts to kind of take over itself. There's a, a little bit of a um, irony in that you started with Arthur Anderson, who took this terrible plunge into the dark side one time. And I guess today they're called Accenture, right? Right. And um, you have taken your organization, you helped lead the org your organization to higher ground. And I'm wondering where faith figures into the culture today? Great question, but I, I, I want to talk a little bit about history. I will tell you that the Arthur Anderson that I was part of was one of the highest integrity organizations that I've ever known. In fact, I learned a lot of my business values there. And as that story goes on, uh, Arthur Anderson, in a 9-0 uh, decision, was um, uh, that decision was reversed 9-0 in the appeals court as far as them having um, liability in relation to what happened at that time. But the but the problem was in that timeline, a partnership of individual owners had exploded. Uh, so it's a sad story. Uh, and one that a lot of the public doesn't know how it ended up. They just saw Arthur Anderson go away. Um, faith. I'll tell you why it's so important, whether you're a Christian, non-Christian believer, non-believer, the Christian values of compassion and kindness, humility, gentleness, patience, just caring about your neighbor is something we can all wrap our arms around. And so at that foundational level of the wise firm, at that foundational level of your firm, your organization, for-profit, non-for-profit, doesn't matter. If people are showing up and looking at each other, caring about the kind of day you're having, showing humility, showing kindness. It's those Christian values that make a difference. Uh, and, and the reason I call them Christian values is because they're, they're laid out for Christians as, as the model to live by. Uh, the second greatest commandment is love thy neighbor as thyself. And so on a higher level, I think when the Real magnetic energy starts, and I'll define that in a minute if you want me to, but you get a, when 
when the service of the organization aligns with honoring God and you honor God by serving others, I believe that we're all created with this innate um, desire and need to serve others. That's why some people that don't are so desperate and so lonely and so sad uh, at the end of their life. But I think we're called, we're born that way as part of us, as part of who we are. And so when a culture starts to demonstrate, be intentional, I wrote that in every book that I've signed, with acts of love and caring, benefit of good intentions, people before prophets, that's when you have that alignment from leadership, when people see that happening on a daily basis, that's when magnetic energy starts and really starts to take over. Be intentional. That is, you are right on it. And you have written this rare book, Leading with Significance, How to Create a Magnetic People First Culture. And folks, it took 30 years to write this book, I suspect, because <laughs> you wouldn't have been ready 10 years ago. I, it took thousands of mistakes. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. <laughs> That's what it took. I made a lot of them in a short period of time, too. <laughs> yeah. I love that. All right, Mr. Havens. Uh, we're going to cut to commercial and start with you. Tell us where we can purchase the book and maybe even get a signed copy that says, Be Intentional. Fantastic. Thank you for that. Uh, it's in all the major online stores, Amazon and Bookshop and others. Uh, Barnes and Noble in some locations uh, has it. Uh, it uh, has a Kindle version. It also has audio uh, version that you can buy. And uh, you can go to joyhavens.com and I have all the all the connections and links there to go and uh, buy the book somewhere and learn more about the book. I shot a video there that you can watch is why I wrote the book. And um, that really all, every, all the information you might want to know about me or the, or the book is at joeyhavens.com. That's terrific. Okay. We will be right back after this special message and we'll be talking some more to Joey Havens. Hi, this is Carla from Gracefully Yours Greeting Cards. We are Texas Aggies, but base our publishing headquarters in Austin, Texas. I want to let you in on a little secret about greeting cards and the people that write them. We really have a sense of humor, and we love to encourage others. We talk like we write, with a few words that matter the most, and we try to avoid cliches. 
you will enjoy sending these popular cards that feature eagles and hummingbirds from Alabama's Larry Martin, along with some of the prettiest flowers. Each unique card says something witty and inspiring. What's different about us? It's our incredible artist combined with the passion translation. Here's an example of how the passion inspires. You have supercharged my life so that I can soar again like a flying eagle in the sky. From Psalm 103. We publish greeting cards in convenient 12 packs. It's like having a card shop in your own home. So every time you need a card, you have them handy. So visit gracefully-yours.com to buy greeting cards where art and message connect to your heart. And we're back with our special guest, Joey Havens. And on this backside, as promised, we always ask some, sometimes some weird, difficult questions, but you know, we can't, we can't miss an opportunity like this. We may even talk a little bit about the Southeast Conference football. Yeah. Um, so that, that might be of, of significance to some of you that listen to this crazy show. But let's start with this one. Um, let's kind of step up to the plate and start by honoring your wife, Kathy. Tell us about uh, why she still loves you. And what do you think is the greatest life lesson that she's taught you? Ooh, I don't know why she still loves me. Uh, but I'm tickled to death that she does. And uh, I write a Be Better blog. It comes out every week on Wednesday morning. And so many of those stories uh, are about, we call her CC. The grandkids call Kathy CC. And uh, many of those stories, because she, she can really do some funny things, and she gives me the liberty to share some of that. Um, but she's taught me how important it is to get to do something versus have to. Mm. And, um, man, when you look at the world and what you have in front of you and you realize that so much of what we're doing, we get to do. It's such a privilege, such an honor to do it. Just a heart of gratitude that it's when we show up with that have to attitude that we're not at our best and uh, we tend to create more problems for ourselves. So I'd say that's one of our biggest lessons. There's a great story around the dishwasher around that, but I don't know what our, what our time is. I want to hear it. So, um, We've been married probably 15, 16 years. Uh, I had never really emptied the dishwasher. One morning I get up and my coffee cup is in the very back of the dishwasher. And I I don't even know why, Rick, but I said, well, heck, I'm waiting for the coffee to make in the pot. Um, I emptied the dishwasher. Now, I'm sitting in my office uh, that morning. I was working from home. I didn't really think much about it. And she came in there with the biggest smile on her face. And she said, you emptied the dishwasher. I said, yeah. <laughs> and uh, she said, do you know how much I hate to empty the dishwasher? Now, this blew me away, Rick, because CC Kathy, is a clean freak. 
In other words, she loves to clean up. I'm the cook. She cleans up. In fact, if I clean up after myself, she gets mad. She wants to do it. I can't do it to her standard. She wants to clean up. So I never connected that the dishwasher was a labor for her early in the morning when she's getting her day started. So that happened. So I did it the next day and the next day. And now I get to unload the dishwasher and it brings joy into our home. And so that's one of the ways I learned get to versus have to. Oh, boy. That's beautiful. I'm going to send that to my friend Gary Chapman, who wrote Five Love Languages, because that's that's called I, the the ultimate act of service. Of service, yes, I love that book. Love it. I do too. I love I love Gary Chapman and everything that he he's about. Talk about um, a mature Baptist minister who was right place, right time, who's affected, influenced millions of people. Uh, okay, let's move on to this one. Uh, we study collaboration here, and we study epiphanies. So let's start with the collaboration. Outside of your smart collaboration with Kathy, tell me about one of your collaborations that you've experienced in the nonprofit world, whether it was with the Make-A-Wish Foundation or Friends of the Children's Hospital. Tell me how that collaboration has worked. Well, I, I guess this you really blow me away because obviously I had no idea uh, we would visit that. I would go with the children, uh, Friends of Children's Hospital, uh, an organization that is set up to to help fund the the Children's Hospital in Mississippi, which is just a incredible organization, does so much good, and the Children's Organization, Friends of Children's, had developed a logo and it's real colorful with kids flying kites and it became really the logo for the hospital yet the hospital didn't own it friends of children and so while you talk about uh parties coming together that have been on the same team but all of a sudden there's this big ditch between them because the hospital really needs that to, to do other things and friends doesn't want to give it up. And so I participated in that collaboration where every time we got a little further in the ditch and we stepped back and talked about what's best for the community, what's best for the kids, we got to a great spot, which uh, was assigning that logo to the hospital, but retaining uh, some rights for friends of children's, which is, you know, the number one fundraiser for the hospital. That touches my heart. That's what it's all about. And that's bringing all these different people together, but kind of sometimes pulling back, isn't it? To look at them, the big picture. Lovely story. Thank you for that. Okay. Epiphanies. Um, the older I get, I'm having more epiphanies and I'm having them like at four, three thirty to four in the morning. And it's weird, Joey. So I'm wondering what was your latest epiphany? Well, the, the good news is since I retired, you know, I'm still working with uh, different companies doing different things and doing 
presentations on my book and things like that. But I used to get them when I was running the company. I got them at 3.30 or 4 like you, Rick. Now I get them about 6 a.m. Lucky you. <laughs> uh, but there's two, there's two that I've had that I want to share uh, because we talked about them today. And, and the first is culture and building culture. Culture, you're not trying to create a perfect culture. And culture will never rise to your vision or what you aspire to be. It always settles in and falls to the behaviors that you tolerate, that you allow. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And that's really important. That's why... Those hard decisions have to be made. Culture is going to be at the level that you allow and tolerate things that are not part of what you say you are. Um, the second one is more of a fun one. And we're talking about come to Jesus meeting. I've learned to use, we're going to turn mama's picture to the wall and have a real candid discussion. <laughs> I'm going to use that one. We're going to turn mama's picture to the wall. Okay. <laughs> so great. What an epiphany. Successfully with clients for many years when I've got to tell them something I know they don't want to hear. <laughs> that is so great. Uh, when did you have that epiphany? Which one? Mama. Mama's Mama, picture on the wall. The wall, uh, that's probably, I've been using it for about 10 years now. Okay. Brilliant. That is so great. Okay. Um, let's talk Southeast Conference. So Lane Kiffin, we've been following him because um, I have a very confused household. Uh, one daughter graduated from Southern Cal. One daughter graduated graduated from Alabama, and we graduated from A and M. And we watched Lane travel and and do this. And we we root for Mississippi except for when they play SC, which is rare and ever, and Alabama, of course. And he's he is a one great coach who absolutely despised Jimbo Fisher. I, I almost think that he he was uh, the guy that the antimatter that helped drive him out because he kind of smoked him out for all the BS that was going on. And I want your I want you to just tell us two things that you like about Lane. Um. Gosh, there's so many things. And uh, by the way, Lane has a copy of my book. Uh, and uh, if you go out there on social media and if you follow him, he he re, uh, re, re it, retweeted it. I don't know what you say nowadays. But anyway, 
we had some great pictures and a conversation around that book. And the reason I gave him that book, and I guess if, if we're staying on the serious side, even though we're talking about football, what I wrote in that book to Lane, and uh, besides be intentional, is I thanked him for leading our young men and our young university uh, through faith and through discipline and creativity. Hmm. Uh, and I, I feel like, and I call him, uh, and I, I put in some of those posts, you know, he's our coach of the year. I really think he was the coach of the year. Yep. Likewise. All right. Thank you for sharing your heart on that. That's uh, our SEC moment of the day. <laughs> You won't hear that one on Paul Feinbaum, I guarantee it. Okay, um, all right, now we're going to wrap up by talking about our singular favorite topic of significance. Oh, my goodness. And I, you know, we've done thousands of shows, and I don't, I've got to the point, I don't care what I think, I care what you think. How would you define success versus significance? You know, it's... Uh... When I was writing the book, Rick, if you told me the title was going to be Leading with Significance, it wasn't even anywhere on the, the chalkboard. Uh, it was when I got to the final chapters and I was bringing those final thoughts together, I realized that this book, culture, being successful, living a fulfilled life, we all have two choices in life. We can chase success or we can chase significance. So success is more about me, more power, more money, more fame, more control, more titles. It's an exhaustive race that never ends and more is never enough. Um, it can be a very lonely journey. Uh, you know, I, I've had friends and clients that were as successful as you could imagine, monetarily, uh, titles, power, uh, but they were some of the saddest people that I have known because they chased success so hard. Um, choosing significance is about elevating others. It's about helping people along the way. It's not that, that you don't seek uh, excellence yourself. But you do it in a generous way. You express gratitude. Nobody achieves success or excellence by themselves. Everybody has sponsors and uh, informal sponsors and coaches and, and people that help them. And what when you choose significance, you have more joy in your life. You have more sustained happiness. And the awesome thing about it is, Success always follows significance. People before profits absolutely leads to exponential growth. It leads to sustainable and bigger and more profits. And even though you can't draw a direct line, which some people insist, I've got, if I do this for people, I have to see this return on investment. You 
It's back to be, can your leadership be vulnerable enough to trust in people? That is so profound. Tell me that you are going to go on the speaking circuit to preach that. <laughs> well, I'm going where I've been invited. I have had a number of keynotes across the country. Um, most of them have been in the accounting profession so far. Uh, Cause that's where I spent 39 years. Um, and if you notice on the book uh, where it's got author Joey Havens, it doesn't say CPA. Uh, it doesn't give any of my other credentials because the book is written from a lessons learned how to everybody's journey is going to be unique. It's that this story might help you see something in your culture that will make a difference. And uh, I know I, I'm in my first two weeks of retirement. I know God is uh, calling me to create uh, some other things. I'm actually re reading a book right now uh, called to create by Jordan Rayner. Uh, it's a great book. And I know that in this fourth quarter of this ball game, I'm supposed to be a creating something. Man, I love you. It's almost like I found a lifelong friend over the last 35, 40 minutes. It, that is, you were so dynamic. I, I wish I would have known you 40 years ago, but you know, the time is right now. So thank, thank you, Joey, for being on. And um, hang on after after we uh, end this show because I want to tell you one other thing. Thank um, you, Rick. Thank you, Joey. What? Yeah, you are just you're a man of wisdom, and God has blessed you. And uh, we send our our blessings and thanks to Kathy and to that dishwasher that, that <laughs> you, you found that coffee cup because man, that's that sounds like that was a turning point. Um, folks, we hope that you enjoyed today's show. We sure did. And as always, we wish you success, but on your way to significance. Have a great week. To all my brand and marketing leaders out there, I want to let you in on a little something. Audio advertising is one of the most efficient ways to speak to your consumer. I mean, you hear me now, right? The best way to take advantage of audio is to find the right audio agency who can help you navigate all the ins and outs of digital broadcast and podcast advertising. And I found the perfect partner for you, and that's Play Audio Agency. Say it with me, Play Audio Agency. Play Offer services that cover advertising and communication, audio branding, podcasting, original brand, music, and more. Let them deliver an audio strategy that drives a deeper emotional connection to your consumer while you sit back and do the things that you love, like listening to my podcast. Hey, find them at playaudioagency.com to harness the power of sound for your brand. That's play, P-L-A-Y, audioagency.com to learn more.